Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. That's right. Slam. This bug's for you, Mizzou. They are carving up this LSU defense. You don't get no better than that, man. Now Cook's going to throw the deep ball. And Burton's past the defense. Touchdown, Luther Burton. 47 yards. Snap to place. Kick is up. It is... Yes! Now the walk-off winner from 61. Harrison Davis. This is the Mazzotcast. Howdy, Tiger fans. Welcome to the Mazzotcast. I'm your host, Brendan Anthony. Joining me, as always, is my longtime brother, Colin Anthony. What's up, dum-dums? Well, it's our preview show for our upcoming Week 4 Memphis game, and Colin, the new intro still gives me quite a chub. Yeah, it's chub-worthy. There's one thing about having a game like that is it's been... It's been a long time since we've been able to easily pick highlights to pop into the intro, and uh, now we're chock full of them thanks to uh, the great win over Kansas State. Yeah, I was having a conversation with a uh, friend the other day, like, where does this rank? You know what I mean? Like, it, it is only uh, you know, a ranked opponent of 15th. It's not like we beat the first best team in the nation, you know, and it was Kansas State, so it's a non-con opponent. But where does this rank in the annals of Mizzou history? And I was like, oh, it's, a, it's one of the best wins we've had this decade for sure. Yeah. Well, I think games have to be taken into context, too. When we were the number one team in the country in like 2007 or even in 2013, whenever we were one of the top teams in the country, we had wins that season. The third best game of that year might have been the best game of last year. But we had been so mediocre for so long that this well, That's was, why I said decade, because yeah. you know, 2013 is now a decade ago. And so like it, it, certainly in recent memory, we haven't had games of this magnitude. You know, LSU was... Uh, was a pretty big one for us when they came out for national championship. But yeah. Would you go so far as to say that this was our Super Bowl? Oh, but I mean, I don't know. I mean, friends of Kansas State would, would, would say that. You know, Sure. We all know how smart they are. <laughs> yeah. The, the Super Bowl thing is funny given when you look at the rest of our SEC schedule. And I'm like, mm, you know, I think Georgia will probably be ranked above 15 when they come into town. You live in quite the little bubble, you dumb fucks. I don't want to dwell on Kansas State fans too long because we're moving all along. But anyway, yeah, the the Super Bowl, they they hit the Super Bowl beat longer and harder than anybody. We've got a lot of Super Bowls ahead, it looks like, Colin. And uh, our next Super Bowl will be in St. Louis at 630 against the Memphis Tigers. Colin, we are favored by almost a touchdown in this game. I think there's always fear of a letdown after a big win like Kansas State, after a Super Bowl victory like against Kansas State. (laughs) What's your feeling of optimism? We're still getting shit on, by the way, for being too negative after just praising and apologizing in our last episode. I guess I did call our coach a stupid, bad coach, but for the most part, we were positive. So, you know, I, I said it on the show. I think the the coaches, the players, they get they've earned everything they get. You know, and mm-hmm. good or bad, really good game last week. Mm-hmm. You know, and I just I I. I don't know what they were like. Hey, we won a football game. You take back everything you'll ever said. I was like, no, I don't know. Can Brady Cook take back every bad performance he's ever had? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Can we beat Auburn? Can we take those can we... things? <laughs> yeah, can we go back and win that game? Like, I don't understand. But no, Brady Cook's looked good, and now he's hurt. So, yeah. you know, 
Tiger Luck, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> How hard do you think he is? I mean, I, I guarantee he's fucking Drinkwitz is marching. I think Drinkwitz is marching him out there, man. The fact that he's not practicing says he's pretty hurt because Drinkwitz. I feel like Drinkwitz would, you know, piece that to got, get guy together with band aids and spit and throw him out there if he could. Yeah, anything to not play Sam Horn. Any, anything. <laughs> it, well, anything. I mean, he's obviously infatuated with um, Brady Cook in a way that's almost strange. You know, what I mean? yeah. like, well, I, think I feel like Nick Saban has never been this infatuated with a player. He's infatuated with winning, mm-hmm. and uh, he's very infatuated with whatever player brings him wins. Whereas, like, I feel like sometimes Drinkwitz is like, I want to win every game, but I really want to win it with this guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if I can make it happen, it's like he's treating like you're, like it's his kid. You know, if anybody who's had kids that play sports, it's like, man, you want everybody to get playing time. You'd like your kid to get more. And uh, I just feel like that's where Drinkwitz is a little bit with Cook right now. I mean, maybe you know, a little bit. Uh, Got a blind spot. Man crushing. Yeah, man crushing for Cook a little bit too much. Yeah, and Cook certainly, like you said, he earned it. He played in a way that I didn't think was even possible for Cook. And when I apologize, I I don't mean that everything I'd said prior was wrong. I just mean like what I was wrong about was Cook is clearly capable of chucking that deep ball to Luther Burden downfield if he has to. Occasionally, you know, like I, I didn't think he could do it, and he did. He did it. He played well. I don't know if he can continue it, but he's certainly more capable than I had ever given him credit for. That's right. I mean, he played really well, and he gave us optimism. So much optimism, I can't believe I'm going to say this. I'm a little bit disappointed. Brady Cook can't play. Well, <laughs> no, assuming I, he I, doesn't play. I mean, yeah, like, I'm the same. I'm like, well, listen, stick with what works, right? Like, I don't want to change things now that it's cooking. Not to yeah, make well, a stupid I, pun, and but again. Yeah. And again, we have nothing against Brady Cook. You know, we just want the best person, the person who gives us the best chance to win to play. And after last week, that looks like Brady Cook. And so now I'm a Brady Cook fan. And uh, he goes out there and shits the bed. Then I will become a very uh, big Sam Horn fan again. And well, if Sam Horn shits the bed, then I'll, I don't know what I'll do then. I'll probably just put a gun in my mouth and pull the trigger till it clicks. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, here, honestly, there's maybe a best case scenario. I don't know if it's the best case, but it's a, it's a good scenario, which is Cook is a little bit too hard to play. Sam Horn comes out there and cuts his teeth and does well, well enough to win this game so that when Cook is healthy to go again, he's got a reliable backup with real game experience, which all of my complaining about Horn not getting any playing time both last year and moving up to this Memphis game wasn't necessarily that I wanted him to be the starting quarterback because we don't know if he's better than Cook. But what I do want is for our backup quarterback, when he has to go into a situation where he has to play, he knows what he's doing and he's had a little experience. Yeah. And He's played meaningful snaps in a football game. Why Drinkwitz doesn't play him in games like South Dakota? Well, I mean, I guess he did play him in the second half of South Dakota, even though he did it with one arm behind his back. But, you know, in so many games where there were times Sam Horn could have gotten a series or something. He didn't get that opportunity. And so then I worry that when he does get thrown in, like maybe on Saturday, he's inexperienced because he got nothing coming up to this, but maybe he'll play well. Maybe Cook will play. We don't know what's going to happen. And I think drink likes to keep it that way as most coaches would. And I think, you know, as much as we emphasis is we put on the quarterback and the quarterback always deserves emphasis. The running game, I think this this game could be a big part of it. You know, Kansas State has like I don't know what they're ranked, but I know they've got 
one of the top run defenses, or at least they did in the league. And it showed against us last week. I mean, we did not have a lot of success running the ball. And I, you know, Kansas State is pretty stout up front. Mm-hmm. I don't think Memphis is. I mean, their defense, you know, at least in the couple games they've had, has looked uh, very serviceable. But I think that Mizzou's line and running backs are going to be in a, be able to impose their will on a Memphis away in a way that they couldn't against Kansas State. Mm-hmm. And so I'd look for Schrader and Pete to be much more involved and have a big role. Yeah. You know, that's that's my prediction is we're going to see a lot more running in this game because I I know Drinkwitz likes running Schrader. I know he wants to get Pete more snaps and I know that he didn't get to do either one as much as he wanted last game. Pete particularly, the way Pete plays, it looks like he's going to break off at any point, a, you know, one of those 60-yard runs for an, a touchdown, then it'll become undeniable. It's like, we need to get this guy snaps. And Schrader is, he's fine. Schrader's, Schrader's good. It's not hurting the team when Schrader's getting the ball instead of Pete. It just repeatedly looks like Pete is the stronger back, but he's not played that way. He's played as a secondary back, and that's the kind of the frustrating thing about watching a Drinkwitz team is that usually the best player doesn't get treated like the best player. So, you know, my concern is that Memphis does have a good offense, maybe better than Kansas State's. I don't know. And as good as our defense can be, we're still giving up a lot of points. We're going to have a hurt quarterback. We need, I think we need more than ever for our defense to earn that sort of elite moniker and lock them down because we've got the guys on this team. They can keep a team like Memphis, hopefully, to 14, 17 points, enough where our offense can do just enough to win. Well, honestly, if we're going to continue to feel the optimism we do now, after that Kansas State win, they need to win this game handily. 10-plus I mean, I would be my hope. You know, This doesn't need to stay close. Memphis is not a bad football team. They're fully capable of beating a Power 5 team if that Power 5 team doesn't take them seriously enough. But if Mizzou... You know, especially if they have their healthy starting quarterback, Mizzou should win this game by 10 plus points. And if they don't, you know, it, it always depends on how the game goes. But I really, we should win this game handily. You know, you, you really want to win this game handily going into the SEC because you should be able to beat a team like Memphis if you're going to have a ch- pretty handily, if you're going to have a chance against a team like Georgia. Uh, that's my hope. And I, I think there's an opportunity here for Sam Horn. I feel, I do feel like, you know, we sort of alluded to it that maybe, uh, Drinkwitz looks at Cook a little bit like a family member and sort of has not always played it straight up when he's giving both quarterbacks their, their opportunities. Mm-hmm. He's not going to have that, that, that luxury if Horn gets the start. I mean, he's going to, you know, Horn's going to have to throw the ball. He can't just make him hand off for a half mm-hmm. and then say, Hey, I gave him his snaps. He just didn't, prov- he just didn't deliver. Yeah. You know, that's going to be hard to do when you're, he's your starting quarterback. So, you know, there's an upside to it. Even if Cook is out, you know, it's going to be exciting to watch Sam Horn sort of with the keys to the offense and not sort of this, hey, we're going to tie a cinder block to your left ankle and then ask you to run a 40-yard dash and then pretend it's an apples-to-apples comparison to a 40-yard dash with Brady Cook wearing wearing no cinder block. I'm excited to see Horn. I mean, and excited to see Horn for a number of reasons. One, is he going to be as good as we hope he is? Maybe he'll just fucking swing all the field and just throw tons of interceptions and be like, man, Cook's our guy. Get him healthy. Get him out there as soon as yeah. possible. But it will nice. It would be nice to have some definitive answers as re- in regards to Sam Horn and what he is as a quarterback. And I still, I think it will take something extraordinary for him not to start Brady Cook. Even if Brady Cook has to limp out there for the first series. I mean, he wants to play Cook so bad. I don't know if that's good or bad. You know, we'll see. We, we just well, don't know Brady anything Cook, yet. Think about being Brady Cook right now. 
Mm-hmm. Now, Brady Cook knows that he's just played the best game of his career. Won over a lot of fans, that, yeah. Yeah, but he also knows there's this guy that has he's heard his name chanted a lot around campus uh, who's right behind him. I mean, it's the worst possible scenario if you're Brady Cook. You know, the, the, the young recruit is, is going to get the start. I would be like, hey, man, if you have to, to sew my leg on, with the uh, fishing wire, you need to get me out there. Like I can't give this kid an opportunity. You know, like this is, I finally took this job by the neck with both hands. Drinkos is probably going to have to fist fight cook to keep him off the field. Well, if there's one uh, thing we know about yeah. cook, it's that he's got a tough heart. Yeah. He's a tough heart. He reminds me a little bit of Jean-Claude Van Damme in mm-hmm. lion heart. That's sure. how tough his heart is. It's <laughs> this is an 80s reference, Lionheart, so I think. I just want to issue a correction for a statement I made. Lionheart starring Jean-Claude Van Damme, 1990. Oh. My apologies. Not 80s, 1990s. Okay, but well. still well within the safe by the bell era. <laughs> it's been a long time since we've had it. Would you say that we mentioned Jean-Claude Van Damme more than we've mentioned Colin Klein, the offensive coordinator for Kansas State on this program within the last 10 years? I don't know. I don't know. Is that the, this is the first time I feel like I've mentioned Jean-Claude Van Damme, but uh, uh, we, I mean, it feels like it may like be the first, but I don't know that it is. Yeah, I don't either. And I, I you know, it feels a little bit like, I don't know if you've seen the new uh, sort of meme thing going around on TikTok where it's like how often do you think about the Roman Empire? Just yeah. Women Roman. asking their men how often they think about it and then just being in awe when guys like, I don't know, maybe once a week. Like, you yeah. think about the Roman Empire once a week? <laughs> yeah. And I feel like the new part of that is like how often do you think of Jean-Claude Van Damme? Like, I, well, I know, I don't know how often I've said his name on the show. Maybe never until today. I think about Jean-Claude Van Damme quite a bit. I bet if someone was insane enough to listen to years and years of this program, this is not the first <laughs> reference to Jean-Claude Van Damme. I will bet every couple of weeks Jean-Claude Van Damme pops into my head for sure. And But I, I don't even get me started on Dolph Lundgren. I think about Dolph Lundgren at least once a day. If people don't know who Dolph Lundgren is, they're kind of, I feel like, sorry for him a little bit because, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. I mean, Drago, maybe yeah, one of the... Everybody knows who Dolph Lundgren is. Yeah. Are we off topic at all? What are we talking? What's the yeah, show I think about? Maybe mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. We're playing football. Mm-hmm. God, thank God we're not playing against Dolph Lundgrens. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Imagine a team of Dolph Lundgrens and Jean Claude Van Damme. Who uh-huh. would stand a chance? No, I want Do- I want Jean Claude Van Damme in all these skill positions, and I want Dolph Lundgren in the trenches. I don't know if I'm going to choose somebody for the trenches. I might go with Steven Seagal. Because <laughs> have you seen that guy in the last like I don't know twenty years? He's um, basically the fattest man on the planet. He's turned into a real Marlon Brando when it comes to body shape. Um, imagine Marlon Brando with a dyed black goatee and none of the talent. <laughs> can we get also... That's what he looks like. Can we get Val Kilmer on the line while we're adding big actors who've blown up? Yeah. I want to mm-hmm. see, sure. <laughs> see Marlon Brando, I think, Val Kilmer, and Steven I, Seagal on our offensive line. Well, I think, unfortunately, Val Kilmer, I think as part of his, is like he's on steroids because he's had like cancer for a long time and it's like my swelled him like a blood tick but uh is that gonna make him ineligible or i don't know i'm just saying i'm not sure he comes by it honestly the way steven seagal does steven seagal is just a guy who drinks butter straight from (laughs) straight and so his size is cheeseburger powered 
Yeah. So, all right. Well, anyway, we, we probably, I imagine there's a couple of listeners who would rather us talk about the Mizzou Memphis game. I don't know why. Maybe. I always, Colin, I always wonder when we get off on these tangents about actors from the 70s, 80s, or 90s, how many of the, I don't know, current college students are like, who the fuck are these guys talking about? Well, I'll tell you what, if they don't know who Dolph Lundgren is, they weren't raised right. <laughs> That's true, and there is a Google machine. Look him up, and then just buy the poster. Yeah, I mean, there's a picture of my of Dolph Lundgren in a framed. It's a framed picture of Dolph Lundgren that hangs in my kitchen. Mm-hmm. And my so my kids know exactly who Dolph Lundgren is. Yeah, no, I got the same they, exact they, poster. He watch, yeah, yeah. He watches us eat every night. <laughs> it's a reminder to stay off of the cheeseburgers. Because yeah. hallowed be thy name. Yes. Offensively, we have the question mark at quarterback, not necessarily because of who deserves to be playing, because I think we're all on board that Brady Cook is rocking and rolling, but we just don't know how healthy he is. Defensively, do you think this team can hold Memphis, a team that's been averaging 40 points a game against obviously lesser talented programs up to this point? Do you think the defense is up to the task, and do you think the offense will be able to move with a hobbled Cook or an untested horn? Well, like I said, I think if you're going to see Horn out there, honestly, if you see Horn or Cook because of the injury, you're probably going to see a very run-heavy offense, is my guess. And mm-hmm. I think that that's probably a good thing, ultimately. On defense, uh, yeah, their defense has played well. I just don't I don't think they can handle it. The, the offensive side of the ball, I don't know. I was reading a like a breakdown of their team, and it made it. they made it sound, the individual article I made it sound like he is a little bit uh, they've had an effective offense, but he's a little bit fast and loose with the football sometimes. Mm-hmm. So uh, it'd be nice to think that a defense uh, as good as ours could, you know, maybe force some turnovers or certainly uh, put uh, their defense in some, or their offense in some bad positions. So again, like I feel like their offense should be a little bit overmatched when it comes to our defense, and I feel like their defense should be a little more overmatched to our offense. I, again, I don't want this game to be close. It shouldn't be close. If we play like we did against Kansas State. On offense, you know, Memphis is not Kansas State. And as much as we've given Kansas State, they are a legit, solid, top 15 football team. And that's why it was an important win. It said, hey, you guys are not as bad as you think, as that Mazadcast thinks. <laughs> uh, you just beat a, a, a realistically ranked Kansas State team. And I don't think Memphis is uh, anywhere close to the team that Kansas State is. And so if Mizzou keeps their head screwed on and you know, takes care of business and doesn't lose, take their eye off the ball. They, there's no reason they shouldn't win by two touchdowns as far as I'm concerned. And this is a game where I do know, I really don't care if they win it by two touchdowns as long as they win it because. Yeah, I, your enthusiasm needs to stay high. Well, it's hard to keep it up when you ne- lose to Memphis out of a huge win. <laughs> well, and our next game is against Vanderbilt and Vanderbilt just looks flat bad. I am not, cons- I'm, I'll just put it this way. I'm more concerned about losing to Memphis than I am about losing to Vanderbilt. And if we get by Memphis with a win, which I think we are capable of doing, I'm not going to say that I don't think that because I do. I have a lot of confidence we beat Vanderbilt. And then that takes us to the LSU game 5-0. and and, and then we're playing with kind of nothing to lose because the expectations are that we will get beat by LSU. And I think Mizzou never plays better when ex- than when expectations are very low. So the expectations for this Memphis game are very high. And it's easy to have a letdown game. It's going to be in St. Louis. It's not going to be at Furrow Field. It's sounding like ticket sales at the Dome in St. Louis are going very, very well since uh, 
the dramatic win over Kansas State. I think that's definitely going to boost ticket sales in Missouri's favor in St. Louis. But we, this Memphis game is key. We talked about it in our last show. Like, as great as the Kansas State game was, it doesn't mean very much if we can't follow it up the following week with Memphis. So, you know, we're six and a half point favorites, I think, at this point, if we can pull this off. I, here's another thing I think is a good, I really hope for to tip the scales in Missouri's favor. Our defense has been good, but they haven't produced a lot of turnovers. They pulled down an interception last week, their first one of the season. If we can recover a fumble, if we can get an interception, if we can win a turnover battle, I think besides the fact that we would be the more talented team with the heavy home field advantage in St. Louis, winning the turnover battle would almost guarantee a victory on our side and overcome any, I don't know, possible delay of game penalties at the crucial moments that Drinkwitz would try to pull for no reason. Yeah, that's another reason why I think that if Brady Cook can go, he's absolutely going to because it's St. Louis. Is, isn't that where he's from? He's a, he's a St. Louis kid. You know, he's probably going to have a lot of friends and family out there. God, it's just the most Mizzou thing in the world that Brady Cook, you know, has the best game of his life and then immediately is uh, questionable with injury. I also had read that the Memphis allotment of tickets in St. Louis had not sold well and that the Memphis faithful are mad that they moved this game to St. Louis because they don't want to go. And they've only, there's only going to be about a thousand Memphis fans there out of the, there's probably going to be in the, like, from also what I hear that they're, they're going to tarp over the top deck of the dome. So while it's a 60 some thousand seat stadium, there's only going to be about 35, 40,000 actual seats available. And it's going to be almost exclusively Mizzou fans. And so it will be in every sense a Mizzou home game. Hopefully it'll be full up. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I, I mean, I'm cautious, cautiously optimistic about the season. I said it in the, the show after the game, and this needs to be the start of something special. Mm-hmm. And not just a blip on the radar. And this is the first step. This is the first step to special. You know, you got the big win. You're three and oh, you can go to LSU five and oh, and who knows from there. But the first step is Saturday. Kind of got off the drink with bandwagon there, but I'm just such a huge recruit head. This, you know, like I just know that what matters is talent. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, you know, like now certainly coaches can affect how well you play and they can really have a huge impact on a game. But at the end of the day, the teams with the most five-star recruits always win. When you go to the last four teams in that playoff, you look at their rosters, it's typically just full of the best players. Mm-hmm. And if Drinkwitz can grow as a coach, maybe become a little more self-aware, a little less conservative, he seems to have, in my mind, the most important part figured out. That is recruiting. Well, I, I agree with you on that standpoint because you know, as much as I get frustrated with Drinkwitz and have called for his head even, right after the Kansas State win – he did land a four-star recruit from Kansas, right in Kansas State's backyard. Uh, Julian Marks committed to MU that same Saturday after the win. Um, he's a defensive end and a big-time recruit, number one recruited player out of the state of Kansas. And you just think, well, if we did go a different route than Drinkwitz either this year or next year, these guys disappear. You know, all these recruits that we've landed and this momentum we built on the recruiting front does disappear and I'm usually not saying, well, if I don't want to start from scratch, but we wouldn't be, you know, with Drinkowitz, we've got these guys coming and they're big recruits and we're seeing what big recruits can do starting on the Kansas State game. It does make you give you pause before you just want to send him out the door. 
but I might be singing a different tune, you know, if we lose to Memphis. Well, Colin, do you want to give a prediction about this game? Because we've talked it today. I think maybe I already did uh-huh. uh, in the other game. I don't remember what it was, though, so I'll make a new prediction. Okay, yeah, that's true. We did do that, yeah. And I will say 31 to 17. And again, I am going to... Uh, I know you're, you're talking about our Mizzou Tigers winning, but I'm just going to uh, make you say it. Oh, yes. The Mizzou Tigers obviously win. Yeah. And I am going to say we win 28-21. I think that I I still have a lot of difficulty, especially with the hurt Brady Cook saying that we can produce more than 30 points in a game. And I'm hoping that our defense can keep the scoring a little bit lower than they did against Kansas State. 28-21, Mizzou Tiger victory is my prediction. The great thing about making predictions Saturday and then again today and us not knowing what we said a few days ago is that if one of those hits, we can just pretend like we never said the other thing. Well, Brennan, I do want to say one last thing before we, we wrap it up. Yeah. Is that there is a uh, scenario that could play out on Saturday that I don't know if I look forward to or dread, whether it would be a good thing or a bad thing, but imagine a scenario where – Brady Cook has just played this phenomenal game, gotten this, this huge win, and he can't play, and then Horn comes in. What happens if Horn goes in there and goes 16 for 20 with three touchdowns and 325 yards? Just lights it up. Yeah, and you win handily. And yeah. now, yeah. what happens? You you have such a huge tug of war. I, you know, I'm almost rooting for it to happen from the standpoint if Cook doesn't you know, play obviously you want you know Sam Horn to have the game of his life because you want to win. But I just I hope that Mizzou uh, fans don't tear themselves asunder. Should that happen? <laughs> well, I look, myself. I look at it like this, Colin. It's like one of those things where people are like, "God damn, I pay so much income taxes. I'm in such a high tax bracket," and I'm like. Those are the kind of problems that I want, right? Like that means that you're <laughs> making so much money that you're getting taxed at the highest rate. At the end of the day, you're still making a shitload of money. I yeah. feel that way about having two quarterbacks who look awesome. You know, that's that's yeah. these are the yeah. kind of problems I want. Champagne our team. problems. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I also, before we wrap up, I want to say one more thing. Philip Seymour Hoffman on that line next to Dolph Lundgren, next to Val Kelmer, next to Marlon Brando. Four guy front. Uh, I want to add so Philip Seymour Hoffman seems a little softer, I think, than the other guys, but he's got the girth mm-hmm. and I think he's got the determination that's really going to keep the line steady. Yeah, he's an intelligent lineman. You know, he's the guy. Yeah, that's right. He's kind of a glue guy. <laughs> that's right. Okay. On that note, Colin, uh, here's a rooting for a Mizzou win in St. Louis. M I Z. Do you? I think about Dolph Lundgren at least once a day.